Welcome to the Two Top Podcast, the weekly podcast where we go over different topics in the world. I'm your host, Thomas Lance, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Berg. How's it going? You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure to follow us on Twitter to stay updated on the latest episodes. Now let's dive right into this week's episode of Two Top. And welcome back to Two Top. Welcome back. Almost half a year now. We've been piling through these episodes, plowing through these episodes. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Why not go with episode 25? Let's discuss some dogs and let's talk about the greatest bond ever of a boy and his dog. Man's best friend. Man's best friend. But when did dog become man's best friend? We have been having dogs in history since the early ages we've been domesticating animals since agriculture has begun from cows to cattle to sheep and chickens but also cats and dogs there are pets now a bond of a man and his cat is not quite the same of a man and his dog and let me explain why so a man and his dog is one of the most iconic bonds in the world and Genetics play a part into why man and dog are so close. A big contributor to this is oxytocin. It's kind of like... Hormones, right? Yeah. It's kind of a general type of hormone that invites a lot of emotion into the body. This is like mother and child, father and son. Like That's where oxytocin comes from. And dogs are one of the few animals that when bonding with a human actually exert oxytocin yeah i read it and i thought it said oxycotton not oxycotton (laughs) not painkillers no 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 oxytocin the hormone of similar to endorphins right yeah it's happiness happiness yeah so we've been we've been domesticating animals as i said for years and the dog is more of a strong relationship than all the other ones and there's trust built into that as well But during a study of this between the amount, there was a study for dogs and humans and the amount of oxytocin that was let off. And it was a lot. It was all from eye contact between the animal, like released this oxytocin, like dogs as well. But they tried this with other animals, not, nothing showed up. Even wolves, the ancestors of the dogs. There was no raise in oxytocin when they would interact with one another. So it makes you wonder, where does this come from? If it's not in the history of the animal, it must have developed over time by interacting with humans. So when an owner and a dog are in the same context, playing and loving it with each other, the level of oxytocin in the human goes up 300%. Wow, 300. That's huge. So it's believed that the bond between the man and his dog begins in ancient times. Back when hunter-gatherers, back around that time, wolves and humans would hunt big game along the same trails. So as interacting with one another, they start to reap the benefits from one another. Wolves are able to hunt with their amazing sense of smell and hearing. And humans were able to kill and leave the scraps for the wolves. So over history, over time, they were able they were able to interact with one another and work out and say, hey, you do this for me, I do this for you. And over time, wolves were actually domesticated into villages where they were found foraging around. 
And when they're raised from pups, they become more closer to the human that they're raised with. So nowadays, these dogs have been bred over years of wolves to what we have today. But let's get into dog breeds now. There are a lot of breeds of dogs. And it makes you wonder, how'd they get to where they are today? I mean, if you look at the old wolves, wolves have been around. But if you look at a Chihuahua and a completely different animal, and a German Shepherd, it's like those came from the same thing, and they have that bond with humans. Now, as I was reading, dogs have been bred from humans with different shapes and forms, and that's for better or for worse. In the beginning, it was to create a better hunter, a better scavenger, someone to make a dog that could sniff out. The wildlife, what you're hunting, the rabbits, the squirrels, the deer. But nowadays, you got breeding to make the prettiest looking dog. And that's kind of led to some weird implications of dogs that now, naturally, in order to have their young, must go through a C-section for birth. Mm. Otherwise, they won't make it and the pups won't make it. So these dogs are 100% relying on humans. And that's when you start to dive into is... Maybe we've played too much of a role in the advancements of dogs because now in order to be healthy, they have to be with us. Maybe we've stepped our boundaries with our love of our best friend, but it's something that will be around because as in history, man and dog is a bond that you can't break. Think of in movies or if you have a dog yourself, I have cats. But recently, I've been really into dogs because the more you look, the cuter ones you find. Oh, of course. A dog will defend the family. The dog is one with the family. It will defend the little children. It will actually curl up around babies because that's part of the family. And that's a bond that will born, that will form because of the newborn. Born, form, newborn. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a little tongue twister. But that's an important part of... The dog's history, and they have a place in the family. They have a place as pets, and they won't really become something else because that's what they are inherently. So us breeding dogs to be something more than that is kind of maybe it's stepping our evolutionary boundaries, but they're still adorable. I mean, there are some pretty cute dogs out there. Puppies, man. Yeah, Everybody loves a good puppy. But what do you think? What do you think of the bond between man and his dog? Oh, extremely, I mean, unbreakable. Uh, I mean, I have a dog and we are, he's my best friend, hands down. No one else stands in the way of him, you know? And everyone would say the same about their dog. They love their dogs just because dogs fit in human nature within their natural instinct, I guess. It's dog and man are one. Like you said, it would wrap around a baby. You know, that's just like the dog's instinct to do that. And that's human nature. You know, it has those, that emotional connection. It's like you're on the same same wavelength as your dog. I mean, let's think all the dog, dog and man relationship books. You have uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain. Oh, yeah. We had Marley and Me. Um Um, Old Yeller. Old Yeller. That's the one I was thinking uh, Win Win Dixie, is Win Dixie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because of Win Dixie, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 
And it, and the list goes on of, and on. Yeah, the bond of man and dog. Mm-hmm. Even look at the military and like service dogs. Oh, service dogs. The bond between yeah. a officer or a militant and his dog or her dog is a bond that cannot be broken. And you feel for the dog, and you the dog feels for you and wants to defend you, and you want to defend the dog. You're soldiers working together, and that's a bond. I mean, look, I love my cats. My cats are cool, but cats are very cool. My cat gives me the stink eye and like comes at me. And the point is the dog will never give you the stink eye. I mean, it'll maybe give you a look, you know, but you know, your dog's always going to be there. And you made a great point about service dogs. If you want a good, like happy cry, maybe go online and read some like stories about service dogs and like all, all the crazy loyalty type acts they've committed to their to their masters you know well the one i know is um service looking at uh dogs when the owner comes back from service oh yeah that's always a tear that gets you that gets me right now just thinking about it that's such a happy thought you know so dogs are a part of man it's a part of human life and they are pets they're not really going to go back to wolves but no they're far from it like you said they've kind of I mean, have we taken it too far? That's a that's a question worth thinking about. But you know, they're too they're bred. I think it shows that dogs are no longer needed for their original task, and now of hunting gathering. Now dogs are here as pets, as companions. companions. Yes. yes. Oh, thinking thinking the same thing. I know. I, love it. I, love I feel it. I feel the same thing with this episode. And it's funny you talked about the topic of dogs because just an hour hour ago I was just thinking. I don't, I'm reluctant to go back to school because I have to be away from my dog and I truly do miss my dog. I think about him every single day. So when I'm at school, it's, it's tough to be away from him and the feeling is mutual. He feels it too. He gets bummed. He sleeps in my bed when I'm not home and and my parents tell me things and they'll send me pictures and he just doesn't act the same when I'm home. He comes his normal self, you know? Well, have, have you and your dog known known each other since he was a pup? Yes, yes, we uh, rescued him when he was just a pup. He's a free spirit, though. So, That's but awesome. he'll always be your companion. You know, he's we call him a homestead dog. You know, he just stays on the homestead and does his does his thing. Protection. He watches over. I have chickens. He actually herds and protects the chickens from foxes and hawks. Like he's trained to see if a bird flies over, he'll start barking and stuff. And He's that's, smart. Dogs are smart. No matter the breed, dogs are all smart. See, that's awesome. It's like a member of the family. It's Oh, it most definitely. Plays his part. Mm-hmm. Well, I know we could talk about dogs all day. Yeah, we could. But what do you have for me this week? Well, I have something extremely relevant. We're going to step away from uh, our furry, cuddly friends. Um, we're going to take a uh, walk into the astronomy field here. Um, do you know what's happening this Monday? We have a solar eclipse. A coming solar eclipse is coming. The solar eclipse of 2017. So today, I just wanted to talk about, just give a little quick rundown what a solar eclipse. Well, just what an eclipse is in general, and lunar eclipse, solar eclipse, whatever it is. Let's just give you a basic rundown so you're ready for Monday, August 21st, 2017. This will be coming out the day after. I know, but. Um, Maybe we should have filmed this or recorded last week, but you know what? I was really thinking about it today at work. I was like, man, we should have done an astronomy podcast last week, but it has to be covered now. now, Even if it's late, you're going to see so much coverage on the media or you saw a bunch of coverage on the media if we're speaking in the future. But if if we're talking in the future, since this is pre-recorded, Matt, 
I guess, give us a rundown on what we just saw. Okay. So anyone within the so-called path of totality can see one of nature's most uh, awe-inspiring things, uh, a total solar eclipse. This is a total solar eclipse uh, if you're in the path of totality, which is the strict path where you can see a complete solar eclipse rather than a skewed version of it. So if you're living up in the northeast, like kind of where we are, not north-northeast, but northeast region, you're not going to see it perfectly. But if you're down south or spanning across the Midwest up to Oregon, um, you're going to be able to see the, the full solar eclipse. So let's talk about what is a solar eclipse or what did you just see? I like saying that. Um, an obscuring of light from one celestial body to the passage of another between it and the observer or between it and its source of illumination. So a solar eclipse is an eclipse in which the sun is obscured by the moon. It's a lineup of the sun, the moon, and the earth. The moon directly between the sun and earth casts a shadow on our planet. So if you're in the dark part of that shadow called the umbra, you'll see a total eclipse. If you're in the light part, the penumbra, you'll see a partial eclipse. So a, um, and deferring from the solar eclipse, there's a lunar eclipse. Uh, and a lunar eclipse is an eclipse in which the moon appears darkened as it passes into the earth's shadow. So we've seen that in the past, but this is a solar eclipse, completely different dynamic. So it, I'm assuming it was epic yesterday, right? Well, we only saw 80% or 70% of Yeah, it's, it. it's going to be about 75% in Philadelphia, um, which is pretty good, honestly. Oh, here's my thing. So what I'm worried about is people are going to look at the sun. I already know it. It's oh, going to yeah, be the news definitely. the next day. People can't see anymore because they were staring blankly into the sun. So hopefully, everybody listening, I really hope that you were not making direct eye contact with the sun because... Even though the moon's covering the sun, it's not completely safe. Not at all. They actually, they state the only safe part, uh, safe time to be looking at the sun is when it is in um, its perfect eclipse, its totality, which is um, a couple minute span, some places longer than others. But you can actually look when you see the, I'll, I'll speak about it in a minute. But before that, no. Do not look at the sun. It's obviously it's bad to look at the sun. But so I have a little prop here today. Um, the courtesy of my aunt gave this to me. Um, you've probably seen around. They sell glasses, filtered glasses. I mean, maybe they're even in kids meals at McDonald's. I'm not even sure. But my aunt gave me one from her um, friend who is an astronomer, like a professional. So he's out in Oregon right now preparing to view it with all the scientist buddies. And I, I bet they're just like cracking drinks and having a good time or something. I don't know if they're actually researching it. Yeah. But she gave me this because he sent her a couple of these cards. So this is an optical solar eclipse viewer. And if you look at it, it's extremely dark. Like you can hold it up to a light and you can't see anything. Here, I'll pass it to you. So oh, you can't wow. see anything. Now, if you shine something like an LED light from your phone... Oh, you can slightly you can see slightly it. see the LED through it. Oh, slightly. that's wild! Isn't that pretty cool? Dang, that's my little prop. So I'll be taking this with me um, on a road trip that I'm actually taking starting Monday. I'll be heading down south to a better view. I won't be going to the best view, like in South Charleston, South Carolina, which is like one of the final destinations on the path as it goes from west to east across the country. Um, 
but I will be going to the Outer Banks of North Carolina, which the view will be obviously a little bit better. Right. So I'm very excited for that trip. So um, in preparation, I found some really interesting facts. So this will actually be the first total solar eclipse in the continental U.S. in 38 years. The last one occurred in February, uh, February 26th of 1979. Unfortunately, not many people saw it um, because it clipped just five states in the northwest and the weather for most of the part, it was really poor weather. Um, a solar eclipse happens at a new moon. The moon has to be between the sun and earth for a solar eclipse to occur. The only lunar phase when that happens is with a new moon. Um, solar eclipses actually don't happen every single new moon because there's like so many different factors that go into play. That's why it only happens every plenty of years, you know? Right. So the reason is that because the moon's orbit tilts five degrees to earth's orbit around the sun, astronomers call the two intersections of these paths nodes eclipses only occur when the sun lines at one node and the moon is at its new um, or full phase during most lunar months the sun lies either above or below one of the nodes and no eclipse happens so it's either above or below not in between monday or yesterday depending on when you're viewing this or the other day um, it's going to line up with the nodes perfectly that's why it's going to be a total solar eclipse so totality which is the state where the moon completely covers the sun. Well, not completely because there's a, a ring around it. That's called totality. It's going to last a maximum of 2 minutes and 40 seconds. 2 minutes and 40.2 seconds to be exact. Um, to experience that length, you'll need to be slightly south of Carbondale, Illinois in, in Giant City State Park. You might think about getting there early because it's going to fill up, you know. That's yeah. where all the astronomers are. They're checking it out out there. So totality is safe to look at, like I said. That's the point where it's covered up. Um, but before you cannot, you know, um, nature actually changes. And people ask, like, is it going to be like nighttime or is it going to like be crazy dark? Well, not totally, but the earth is going to react like as if night is falling really quickly. Like birds will like start chirping and then wind will come in a little bit because obviously nature is affected by the lunar and solar patterns so it's going to be a weird sensation that we've never seen before so if you prepare in time um and the time is determined on where you're living and you can look up your specific time i have a timetable pulled up on my laptop um you can just like slow down for like an hour ahead of time and like save like four hours just to chill and experience everything changing because it's like it's going to be a weird sensation i've never experienced it before i wasn't alive for the last yeah one. i haven't experienced it either so we're in for a treat this is going to be the most viewed solar eclipse of in north american history i guess it is not the world because it's happened you can people have seen it in other places around the world better than we have here but this is the best for the united states so um this event will actually happen. This, There's no doubt, unless if the weather's bad, you can't see it, but it's definitely going to be available to be seen if there's no obstruction in, in the way. So that's super exciting. Are you are you planning on trying to get a glimpse of it? I have work. You have work? I have work. I'm you can working. escape for just a couple minutes to see the totality. Well, I was talking, to my, I was talking to my manager today. I was like, do you think... Do you think people will actually like slow down, you know, shut down the shop? But my manager is like, I'm, I'm, I would just keep on going. Like my day just hasn't changed. I'm like, ah, well, it's I'm a pretty special moment. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to dis disappear for a couple seconds. See, I don't have one of those fancy cards that lets you look at the sun. You got to go to McDonald's or something and pick up the glasses. 
I was trying to find them. I didn't know where to look. It's such a niche product in a yeah. sense. But I have been doing research, and there are ways to make, in a sense, a pinhole camera. Oh, yeah. I've seen that also. And since we aren't getting a total eclipse up here, and I'll be at work, I'm going <laughs> to make a small pinhole setup. So if I have a chance at work, I can go quickly outside. Just a couple minutes. Check it out. But the part, as you stated, the part I'm really excited about is seeing how the world around us changes. I've already told my mom to keep an eye on the cats because I want to see how they react to this event. Yeah, watch your animals, watch your dog. Because time will change so fast that they'll think that something's going on. Is it night? And especially here where we're only getting a partial one, I really am curious to see how they're going to react. But I'm going to keep my eyes to the sky. Well, not no, actually, I won't keep my I'll keep my eyes For slightly totality below. you can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even sunglasses won't cover it up. I saw something really interesting. It was a video. They're like, all right, we all know people are going to be taking pictures of the sun with their good cameras, with telephoto lenses you don't, and their phones. No, you don't want to do that. I, I know why you don't want to do it with your telephoto lenses because most cameras are... They're called like mirror mirrored cameras. If you have a mirrored camera that you look through the viewfinder and then you're looking right at the lens, well, the sun's going to be looking down the lens and looking in your eye. Oh, yeah. It could burn your retina out. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be fine if you didn't look through a viewfinder that you're just looking at a display? Yes, but your camera's not going to be okay. No. It's actually, if you have a high magnification telephoto lens, I mean, at least 200 millimeters to looking directly into the sun for a little bit, you're going to fry out the plastic inside your camera, inside the motor. Well, in a sense, you're making a magnifying glass and you know you've burnt ants It's stronger than a normal magnifying glass, yeah. So you're just burning your cameras inside exactly. out. So yeah. obviously don't look at it. I'm curious to see how many medical reports that they're gonna be, there's going to be. I already know. I already know someone's going to get hurt. Yeah, someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to... Nature, man. It'll get you. So I hope um, you had a great time viewing the eclipse if we're uh, looking back from the future. Yeah, if you're blind, I really hope you enjoyed listening to podcasts. Yes, because because you can't see anymore. Oh, geez. You say it with such enthusiasm. (laughs) Well... All the more reasons to listen to our podcast. Yeah. Well, guys, I think that's it for this week. So we'll see you guys next time. See you soon. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and join us next week for another Two Topics.